This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matisek, Digital Editor for the Archdiocese of Baltimore and the Catholic Review. What is missionary discipleship and how does one become a missionary disciple? On today's show, Palatine Father Frank Donio will tell us about it. Father Donio is the Director of the Catholic Apostolate Center near Washington and the Interim Executive Director of the Conference of Major Superiors of Men of the United States. Many people in the Archdiocese of Baltimore remember him from his ministry at the St. Jude Shrine downtown, where he served as pastoral director from 1997 to 2006. Here's our conversation with Father Donio. Father Frank, thanks so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio. It's great to be with you, George. In the Archdiocese of Baltimore, Archbishop Lurie has made missionary discipleship one of his top priorities, and I know you were involved in some of the consultations with the Archbishop as he prepared his pastoral letter on missionary discipleship, which was called A Light Brightly Visible. Can you explain for our listeners what we mean when we use the term missionary discipleship? Missionary discipleship comes from the teachings of Pope Francis in the Apostolic Exhortation Evangelii Gaudium, or the Joy of the Gospel. Now, this also has an earlier place where it was present, and that was in Latin America, because it was mentioned about 250 times in what's called the Aparecida document, which is the pastoral plan for for Latin America that Pope Benedict uh, approved back in 2007. And one of the main writers of that was the Cardinal Archbishop of Buenos Aires, who was Jorge Bergoglio, Cardinal Jorge Bergoglio, who then became Pope Francis. And so in 2013, he was talking about missionary discipleship, puts this as a high emphasis, which means a disciple, a follower of Christ who is sent. Archbishop Laurie, very early on, had the keen insight uh, to apply this to the needs of pastoral planning within the Archdiocese of Baltimore and even made it a center point of his pastoral letter, A Light Brightly Visible, as well as then the overall pastoral planning that's been going on in the Archdiocese of Baltimore. And I had an opportunity to work closely in that for for about a year, um, and then other work of my community took me to to other points. But I, I think when we look at this, we're talking about someone who is a follower, who is sent, and what our effort is is to help all the baptized recognize that they are called to be missionary disciples and to help form them in that way, meaning that they're sent out into the world to all the different places that they need to find themselves, whether it's in, uh, in the workplace, in the public square, in their family, but also in the parish community. How does living the life of a missionary disciple in 2020 differ from how it would have been led 2,000 years ago? And also, what are some of the continuities from early Christianity? Well, the continuity is is that everyone received the Spirit who was in the room at Pentecost in what was called the Seneca, or the upper room. 
And so it wasn't just the apostles. Sometimes we'll see these images of the apostles, the Blessed Virgin Mary, but if we look at Acts of the Apostles, there were others who were present in that room as well. They received the Spirit. Everyone was sent in their own way. And to be an apostle is one who was sent. Now, we're not talking about apostle with a capital A. The successor to the apostles with a capital A are the bishops. But when we're talking about with a small a, if you look at, for example, the document of the Second Vatican Council called the Decree on the Apostle of the Laity, the laity, all the baptized, are called apostles with a small a, those who are sent. So there's a continuity uh, of, of of understanding that from 2,000 years ago that that we have been sent on mission out into the world to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, that he was, that he came into this world, that the word became flesh, that he lived our life, that he died for us in order to save us and rose again, and that he is God. He's truly human and he's truly God. This is the central message, and that the church continues this mission until he comes again. And church is not just a certain segment of people. Church here, all the baptized are are the church, and all of us are called to continue to proclaim that message wherever we find ourselves. The difference is is that uh, we have certain complexities now that that were not the case two thousand years ago, particularly around technology and ways in which we communicate, but also things that we can do. Uh, at a global level, but even at a local level. And so we need to be able to use whatever means that we can to get the message out. There's also the difference between, that was a culture that was highly steeped in religion. Now, some of that was pagan religion, certainly. But it was it was a deep uh, understanding that somewhere there was also the sacred. We have become a much more secular culture, the sacred, any kind of sacredness, is set to the side. And so we're functioning, especially in the United States, uh, in a a culture that is becoming more and more secular rather than less. And people question, what's the purpose of of God, of religion, of anything uh, along those lines? Or it's just simply irrelevant. And so how do we function as missionaries, as evangelists in this culture? A lot of Catholics are really uncomfortable about sharing their faith. I think a lot of us have a tendency to to keep our faith private. What are some of the tips that you would have for ways people can look for opportunities to share their faith? I think the first and foremost way is just by how we live our lives. Uh, Pope Mm -hmm. Benedict talked about uh, not proselytizing, but drawing people, evangelizing by attraction. Pope Francis has continued the same thing where we accompany people. And the bishops in the United States in their document, Living as Missionary Disciples, talk about this. We're assisting others through through the way in which we live our lives. How do we witness? Witness is not necessarily by our saying something. As Catholics, it's usually by our doing, how we live our lives, how we present ourselves. And people say, well, how did you get through that, that whatever situation you might be going through? How, how are you dealing with different, these different things that are happening in your life? Um, or why, do you, why are you showing that, that kindness, that generosity, that charity to another person? Why do you do that? And usually our answer is my faith. And it is in response to our faith. And that then gives us the opportunity to talk about 
what do we mean by faith? Because for some people, that's that they don't understand what that word means. And how is that done as Catholics, particularly in and through the church? These are this is how we evangelize as Catholics, drawing people into the life of faith in and through Christ Church. In your opinion, how should parishes adapt to thinking of evangelization in terms of missionary discipleship? What might need to change or grow in terms of how the parishes spread the faith? Archbishop Laurie is very clear on this, and so is Pope Francis. We need to move from a more of a maintenance mentality to a mission one, one in which we recognize that the church is present in a particular, especially the parish, in a particular geographic area. That's even canon law. That, it's, that this particular geographic area is the responsibility, not just the Catholics in that area, everyone in that area. And so how is the church, Archbishop Laurie has mentioned on a number of occasions, how is the church present in this particular place? What is the way in which we are, are presence not only through our, uh, our church buildings, but how, through our action in the community, our, our charity, our justice, our advocacy, our education, our health care? What are the ways in which we are social services? What are the ways in which we are present as church? And that in that way, we are witnessing to others. We are going forth. We're going forth from our worship together, especially at the Mass, where we have the supreme encounter with our Lord Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, and then go forth from there. We're told at the end of Mass, go, go out. And so the the church building is not meant to be a place where we just gather together as a special club, but instead where we are formed and are also fed in the Eucharist and in our, our worship with one another and are sent forth out into the world. And hopefully that's organized by the local parish as well. Where can people go to learn more about missionary discipleship? The Archdiocese of Baltimore has a website called bemissionarydisciples.org. They can also go to the USCCB website uh, on evangelization, and there's a whole set of resources uh, for missionary discipleship there. And then they can also go to catholicapostolatecenter.org, and we have also collaborated with the USCCB as well as with the, with the Archdiocese, but particularly with the USCCB. Uh, about with a number of resources uh, on missionary discipleship, especially this document and now a video series on uh, living as missionary disciples, a, a resource for evangelization, which also has a whole pastoral planning section that's primarily focused on parishes. Father Frank Donio, thanks so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio. Thank you, and God bless, George. When we come back, Christopher Gunty will talk about a very special fundraiser that's now underway. You're listening to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matisek. We'll be back in a moment. Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. 
For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world from the Catholic Review. The ancient Christian tradition of marking doorways with blessed chalk on the Feast of the Epiphany will carry new meaning for many Catholics in 2021. In light of the coronavirus pandemic, the traditional home blessing will serve as a symbol of hope and a reminder of faith. The blessing, popular in Poland and other Slavic countries, has spread to many parts of the world. It takes place on Wednesday, January 6th, on the liturgical feast marking the visitation of the Magi to the Christ child. The blessing involves taking simple chalk and scrawling doorways with symbolic numbers and letters, representing the current year and the traditional names of the Magi. Elsewhere in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, a January 4th Mass at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg will honor the first American saint on the 200th anniversary of her death. Archbishop William E. Lorry is scheduled to preside. While in-person attendance will be extremely limited, the 11.30 a.m. Mass will be shown live on EWTN television. This is Paul McMullen, Managing Editor of the Catholic Review. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matisek. WMET Radio is currently offering a unique fundraiser co-sponsored by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and Catholic Review Media. It will directly benefit an urban missionary program at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Assumption in Baltimore and the outreach ministries of parishes in the region. A giant puzzle has been made of the image of the Assumption of Mary into Heaven that is featured on one of the interior domes of the Baltimore Basilica. Supporters are purchasing pieces of that puzzle to support WMET's ministry and others in the area. Christopher Gunty, editor of the Catholic Review, spoke with Mike Washabaugh and Joe Schuler of WMET about how it all works. Uh, Mike Washabaugh, Joe Schuler joined by Chris Gunty right now on the phone lines, and, and it's really exciting to me to be able to talk to the two masterminds behind the idea uh, behind this Works of Mercy puzzle. So, Joe, I want to get it started with you. This has been in the works for some time. How did it really come together from our, our end of things? Well, you know, we're constantly fundraising here, but uh, during the pandemic, we've uh, noticed that folks are really struggling. You know, we've seen people worried about their own needs, the, and then they became more aware as time passed of the needs of others and saw people uh, losing their lives, sacrificing uh, their lives on their job and uh, losing their jobs. Uh, so uh, we witnessed, we heard from parishes that more families were frequenting uh, food pantries. And so uh, we thought we'd draw attention to these great needs and support them through our Catholic radio ministry. And then Chris, what was it about this endeavor that uh, really stood out to the Archdiocese of Baltimore that made you all want to get involved with this as well? First of all, I think Joe's idea to use the image of the of Mary of the Assumption from the Baltimore Basilica was a brilliant idea. And just right off the bat, the great thing about that is that, you know, Mary is the patroness of, of the U.S., patroness of the Americas, and the Baltimore Basilica is America's first cathedral. 
So those two things make it just really primed for, I think, a really beautiful image that means a lot, not just to us, but also to the whole country. I completely agree. And, and from my point of view, from my perspective, I wasn't sure what this puzzle was going to look like, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking like a you know 100-piece jigsaw puzzle, like a little square thing. This puzzle takes up the entire... Uh, the entire size of the wall, and, and the image is just brilliant and, and effervescent and flowing, and it's very, very noticeable. So, Joe. Uh, yeah, we should, we should thank the photographer there, Chris. Uh, let's give that a shout-out. That was Parks, our, our uh, visual journalist for the Catholic Review. And, yeah, you're right, Mike. There's no way you can do this on a card table in your <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, not not in not in the slightest. Uh, so j- run through how this works, Joe. So yeah, it's a little bit complicated, but the bottom line is we're supporting uh, any corporal work of mercy in this area, namely the source of all hope in Baltimore. That's the primary uh, focus. To, we wanted to support the source of all hope at, in Baltimore because, of course, the Basilica was providing the image. And, and then secondarily, uh, we wanted to support our own uh, spiritual works of mercy, of course, providing programming to lift people's spirits in this time of challenge. And then lastly, we want uh, parishes to participate uh, as, as I, I've been trying to uh, compare it to a CYO basketball game, you know, this friendly competition to compete for uh, some gifts, uh, a, a gift, a potentially a $20,000 gift to support their own corporal works of mercy. So I guess that's it in a nutshell. And we're, we're focused on the image of Our Lady, and, uh, you know, she is going to lift us up in our hope and uh, provide for those in need. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then another work of mercy that we're going to get to talk about right now with Chris is what they have going on in Baltimore with the Source of All Hope. Uh, and for Chris, for people who don't know, what is the Source of All Hope? Certainly the name comes from the Source of All Hope, who is Christ. And so that was uh, uh, Father James Borick, who is rector of the Basilica, uh, came up with this plan last summer. And what he did was he found young men who are willing to give some time of their own, uh, I think a year commitment at least from them, uh, and they are living in the, the Basilica convent there. The great thing is what they do is they start their day, of course, with prayer, uh, and prayer in front of the Blessed Sacrament, in front of Jesus, who is the source of all hope. And then they go out into the neighborhood, and they just talk to people, mostly people who are experiencing homelessness, people who are experiencing problems with addiction, and they find out what they need. You know, do they need a sandwich? Do they need a clean pair of socks? Do they, you know, what what is it they need? And part of what they need is just somebody to say, we care for you, and we are praying for you, and we're with you. And just that connection between the young men who are uh, doing this ministry and the folks who are living on the streets or living with addiction can make a huge difference. As Father Bork talked about when I first interviewed him about this project more than a year ago, I said, you know, there's a lot of people who say, oh, well, you know, I'll pray for you and, and that. And some people say, yeah, I don't need Jesus. I just need a sandwich. And mm-hmm. Father Jim's response was, you need both. Yeah, you need a sandwich. We'll get you a sandwich. But you need Jesus. I had the privilege to talk with Father Bork, too, about uh, the source of all hope. Um, and one of the things that he mentioned was that, that what 
the organization needs or what his program needs is more funding too. So I think that's where, you know, it made sense for WMET to team up with Archdiocese of Baltimore to uh, benefit the Source of All Hope uh, program. So it's kind of like a win-win. And then Joe, you mentioned that there's another parish out there and we don't know which parish it is yet, but if this puzzle's fully funded, they could possibly take home yeah, $20,000? It's, it's a gift. $20,000 if fully funded. Uh, so, yeah, we want to support the corporal works in any parish, whether it's a food pantry, a coat drive, you name it, uh, needs for their Title I school. Uh, and, uh, you know, I wanted to say, too, I've experienced uh, Father Boric's ministry on a personal level. He um, gave me some hope. I had a son in the Johns Hopkins Hospital there a couple of years ago, and uh, I met him uh, one-on-one, and he gave me hope. Uh, He didn't give me a sandwich, but he certainly gave me the Holy Eucharist, the source of all hope. And uh, he uh, prayed for my son, and it was a powerful connection. And then I met him a year later here, in fact, at uh, WMET 1160 AM. Uh, at the station because Michael uh, had him in on, a, on an interview to learn about this program. So I can testify. I'm sure those uh, those folks on the street are getting something very special from these missionaries uh, through uh, Father Boric. And, you know, the thing is that the, that ministry, while it's unique to Baltimore and it certainly is different, uh, it's actually patterned after one uh, that came out of Denver, Colorado. But every parish is doing outreach. And, in fact, many of them are doing way more at this time than they ever did because there's so much more need out there. Folks who who never would have gone to a food pantry or never would have gone to the parish for help with rent or electricity or something like that uh, because of the pandemic, because of the job situations are finding themselves stretched so thin that they need help. Every parish that I know of is doing something and most of them are doing more than they used to. And Chris, why don't you share with our listeners how you'll be promoting to those parishes the opportunity to uh, take part in this and then obtain a gift of $20,000, perhaps? Well, certainly some of the things that we're doing, we've got a, an article in the magazine that, that's coming out. We've got an article going online. Uh, we're trying to, to promote ways to do that. We're going to add some things to our e-newsletter that goes out twice a week. want to subscribe to that e-newsletter and make sure you're, you're informed about that. Text WMET to 84576, and you'll get info about that. And we're just trying to let our parishes know that this is available, that uh, that they can help raise funds. And as Joe mentioned, the parish that has the most participation uh, could benefit from this up to $20,000 if the project's fully funded. So that really is a great opportunity to help WMET and its important ministry of sharing the word and sharing Christ with the listeners, but also the Basilica is going to benefit some from this, and another parish could benefit. So there's and, and a Chris, lot going on in this. Tell, tell them who's uh, provided the uh, sponsorship for the first piece. The first piece was sponsored by our own Archbishop William Laurie. If you uh, go on the WMET website, the GRN Online website, you'll see a photo of the Archbishop holding his first piece of the puzzle. And uh, he's very pleased to, to be a part of this and very pleased to support the work that WMET is doing. And Chris, tell folks what they'll get also with a $2,500 sponsorship. It's a special gift from the Archdiocese. Well, there's a, you're going to get a print of the image. At the $2,500 sponsorship level, 
And I know, Joe, you have a lot of other gifts for people at various uh, donation levels. Yes, we do. We have uh, radio spots, and uh, they could promote your business. They could promote your parish. They could promote uh, anything you would like to promote on air. And we also have uh, at the $500 level a catechetical gift, a book, a CD, a DVD. So uh, we're just standing by, waiting for your uh, sponsorship. And just to clarify that one thing, photo that you get uh, of the the Our Lady of the Assumption from the West Dome of the Basilica is not three feet by eight feet. It's a nice little eight by ten. That would be hard to mail. It would be really hard to mail. Yeah. Now we 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 know what Chris is doing for the promotion side of things. How are, how is WMET getting the word out, Joe? Right. So we're uh, sending out constant contacts. We're reaching out to the archdiocese and diocese to uh, promote in the bulletins. Uh, we'll be doing our own email promotions and reach outs, follow ups, you name it, uh, social media. So uh, yeah, uh, they'll be hearing a lot about this puzzle. Also, radio spots. They'll be here. Mike and I created some uh, fun radio spots. So we're gonna have fun with this, and we're gonna do some good works. It's gonna be a, a whole lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, uh, there's 95 pieces left because, as Chris mentioned, Archbishop Laurie got piece number one. There's 95 left. If you want them, uh, what's the website, Joe? It's a, a grnonline.com forward slash puzzle. G Go right now, online.com forward slash puzzle. And Chris, where can people find out about the Catholic Review? You can find it on catholicreview.org. And, of course, as I said, you can sign up for our e-newsletter by texting WMET to 84576. And we also put on that uh, landing page, Chris, a link uh, to Catholic Review Media. So if they have questions about anything that you guys are doing, they can just click right there. That's wonderful, and we appreciate it. Catholics helping Catholics, that's what we do. We appreciate the conversation with Mike Washabaugh and Joe Schuler of WMET Radio about the Works of Mercy fundraising project. This is Chris Gunty, and you're listening to Catholic Review Radio. You're probably not getting much church news in your daily newspaper or on your local TV station. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. There are so many ways to stay in touch with the Catholic Review. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Catholic Review Media will inspire, teach, inform, and engage you wherever your faith takes you. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
us. We forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.